are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, it's Tuesday, so that means crossover with Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres discussing the state of the NL West. Are those San Diego Padres okay? And then we're doing a little MLB draft. Drafting the players that have disappointed us the most in the first half of the MLB season because I think at the time of you guys listening to this podcast, we might be halfway done with the MLB season, if you can believe it. So drafting biggest disappointments, talking about the state of the NLS on today's Locked on Diamondbacks crossover. And today's episode is actually brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. But now, without further ado, let's bring on the man of the hour, Javier Reyes of Lock on Padres. Let me get my name out of there. Sir, how are you doing today? I am doing swell. Uh, we are recording this for full transparency in the middle of the Padres game. And you know what I'm saying? Oh, Javi, you're a fake fan. Well, first of all, I got the game playing separately on the side. I'm keeping up. Don't worry. And oh. I'll also watch. I love the MLB, like the little game recap things that they have. You know what I mean? Like the condensed game stuff. That's always helpful if I miss it. On MLB.com or um, ESPN? Yeah, I think the MLB.com one, I'm yeah, pretty like sure. Yeah, like the little Instagram stories um, thing that those, they do. Those yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are cool. Um, I like that they put that up afterwards. And then also because of my subscription, I could just watch the game. Uh, but you, Darvish, scratched late from his start. I knew it right then and there. And Miller, do you know what the score is right now as we are I speaking? Do. I mean, I could pull it up, but why don't you tell me, Javi? It, it is eight to four Pirates. Oh, after, and what's funny is the Pirates actually scored for once at the beginning of this one. Hassan Kim getting a big hit, Gary Sanchez getting a hit. And then it's like, oh, well. Here's the problem. Your starter wasn't playing tonight, so now the Pirates are lambasting you. So, look, it is it's it is a season of disappointment and sorrow, Miller. What can I say? Yeah, because when we do these crossovers, I like to always start with a little NL West division talk. And I don't know how much stock you put into Dan Clark mm-hmm. tweets, but I saw that he tweeted out saying that locker room, that team chemistry in San Diego, it's at the point of comp- Bustion, we got the deadline around the corner. Are you afraid this just might be like a little one season trial with this Padres core? Or do you think it might last past the deadline? I, I like that you were like, how about whatever stock you put into Dan Clark tweets? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you're just prefacing the most that. popular guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't put too much into that lad's uh <laughs> tweets, although I must say that his whole uh you have to pay me to come on your podcast, easily one of the funniest, like overall things i know he wasn't doing it ironically but nonetheless it was still one of the funniest things i'd seen uh for baseball personalities uh whatever that was like last year um i think that it does track though you know what i mean like there is a reason for that and granted that's how misinformation or things that might be just rumors and not necessarily totally true can spread because there's like an ounce of like believability with them and whatnot but i, I mean i can see i mean xander bogart's made a comment after they lost the series against the uh the Washington Nationals, uh, where he was like, I mean, come on, it's the Nationals. Uh, that was part of his quote. But like, that's still a pretty inflammatory remark and crazy thing to say. And look, this is a team that just two years ago had locker room stuff, you know, with Fernando Tatis Jr. very publicly and Manny Machado, like going at it um, on the sideline or in the dugout, I should say. Um, and that was like only what they say was like one of many instances. So that wouldn't shock me. And the other thing is this, though. Team chemistry is big, but what locker room is okay when it's a bad team? 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure the Mets locker room has been a mess. I'm sure that the Cardinals locker room has been a mess. And that's not necessarily good or bad. I'm not going in one way or the other, but that's just kind of what happens. So I don't know if, like, that's the sign of, like, Bob Melvin losing the locker room or whatever that means, right? I think, think that it's like a team that they know they're underperforming, that they got all these guys that are getting paid a, a crap ton of money. Um, deservedly so. Deservedly so. But they're underperforming drastically, and they're embarrassing not just themselves, but kind of like the sport in a lot of ways. Because this is a team that went out there and said, screw you, it's actually great to spend money on players. And they did that, you know, uh, Peter Seidler and his money and A.J. Preller giving out the contracts. And now you're following it up with some of the worst, like, baseball and and no heart, no clutchness. So it it looks really bad for the Padres. And it it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know about you, Miller. You know, we're, 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 we're students of the game. Doesn't it feel like we're getting like an athletic article or something of that ilk about the Padres, like some rumor of it feels like we're due to get something like that. And I'm honestly a little bit surprised it hasn't happened already. Maybe it'll happen after the season. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 them and the Mets. The Mets, we've seen it a little bit with Buck Walter kind of antagonizing the media a little bit. And certainly we'll be talking about the Mets in a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're due. What do, what do you think? Well, with the athletic seemingly downsizing year after year, I wouldn't be surprised if they need a couple uh, inflammatory articles to get some viewership going over there. But um, like you said, I think it's a good point you made about team chemistry. Like it's probably one of the more overrated things we talk about in sports because there's a whole lot of really good teams in all sports where the locker room isn't exactly gelling. I mean, I don't think the Warriors when Draymond punched Jordan Poole or when you had that Kevin Durant Draymond incident, like those teams are still winning a lot of games going deep in the postseason. But I don't know how tight knit the locker room was at that. Yeah, I mean, but how far did those teams go though? <laughs> Come on, don't leave it out. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> No, and then yeah, and then there's also like, listen, there's also a lot of teams where the locker room, I'm sure, is great, but there ain't with Jack, you know, Jack Diddley on the field, you know. So it, the locker room is probably the most overrated point that we talk about a lot. I think, I think for baseball particularly, I think you can argue that in football and basketball and some other team sports that it does matter a lot more. Um, like like with basketball, the Draymond Green Jordan Poole incident, but like, who was it? Jeff Kent. I forgot the player and and SB nation uh, slash secret base did like an awesome video. I don't know if you're familiar with their, their beef history videos that Mm -hmm. they do over there. Those are really fun. Everyone go check them out. Baseball fans, the Jeter A-Rod one is incredible, but they did one on Barry Bonds. And I believe it was, I forgot the name of the other giants player that like, uh, yeah, it's Jeff Kent. And that one has like a million views. It's really great. And those two hated each other and they were, both kind of crappy. You know what I mean? This wasn't one Saturday. Like, they both stunk for a bunch of different reasons, but it's an incredible video because they were both awesome on the field. Like reportedly they fought during the middle of the game. They were winning, <laughs> but like it didn't matter. They were great. So, you know, it, it, I think in baseball is the one sport where I don't know how much it's got to matter a little bit. These are human beings, but out of all of them, it's the one that's the hardest to be able to analyze and track i just feel like unless you're in the locker room every day which no one is aside from them you can't really tell well let's just play a little game here and throw out a hypothetical if tatis and machado were beefing in that locker room and you had to choose one one's gotta it. go i you knew know, it i knew gotta, it gotta pay soto you just paid bogarts all your pitchers got paid you gotta decide are we keeping tatis are we keeping machado one's gotta go who's leaving i thought 
I knew you were going to do this, but I thought you would do Tatis and Soto. <laughs> like, oh, I really? don't know why. Yeah, I thought it would be, I didn't think it would be Manny again. I thought you were going to mix it up, but no, that's funny. I think um, not, not neither of them can go realistically. I know it's a theoretical, but they're both extended mm-hmm. long term. If Manny wasn't, then yeah, that's he'd true. be like, if they didn't extend him before the season, that'd be one. Yeah. Uh, and his name will be brought up later in our conversation as well. Um, I mean, they're going to get rid of Manny. He's older. Tatis mm-hmm. has all the potential. He's got the blockbuster value. Just how it works. I'm just looking at Tatis' numbers again, like right now through this season, even after missing the last, what, year and a half on the counter. I don't even know how long it was. The dude looks like he hasn't missed a beat statistically. So I think you're definitely – He's been pretty good overall, especially with the defense being so good. Um, The only thing with him that he's missed a beat on, which – because he's so talented, it almost doesn't matter, but swinging at literally every pitch. Like every single pitch he swings at. So he's got to – take a few more pitches, but he's so talented that he's making contact anyway and hitting and slugging the ball. So he kind of makes up for it, but it's just, it's just a tiny little, uh, yeah, just play devil's advocate about Tatis. If he's going to win the MVP potentially, then that's what might hold him back. And he's like, I haven't played baseball in two years. I'm swinging at everything I've seen (laughs) in a while. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. it. Yeah, he's too good. And, uh, you know, we're also going to be drafting here pretty soon. Uh, most disappointing players from the first half of the MLB season. Maybe there'll be a San Diego Padre or two on that list. We'll see. But before we get there, Javi, I first want to mm. talk to the listeners about game time. And we got a new overlay for our YouTube audience in case you haven't noticed. But my YouTube audience, please go to game time. If you are ever going to a D-backs or Padres game and you need last-minute tickets, game time is the place you need to go because it's the best place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, baseball, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right. Back here with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. But first, let me tell the audience real quick. Don't forget to catch every D-Bags and Padres pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and either search up Diamondbacks or Padres on the app. Now we're officially back with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. And now it's time to do a little draft hobby because we are like Mm -hmm. damn near basically there at the halfway point of the MLB season. And it's it's so ooh, so easy to talk about the positives, the teams that have been doing so good, the players that have been killing it and looking like all-stars. You know, I could talk about Corbin Carroll for days, but it's always more fun to get a little cynical, a little negative, and I always have more fun talking about the downside and talking about the biggest disappointment. So right now, for the next couple of segments, we're going to be drafting our most disappointing players from the first half of the MLB season and – how do you feel about a little coin toss? Asking Siri on who should go first. Should we do that? <laughs> I love it, man. That's what you got to do. Right. Come on. Let me see. Or you know what? I thought I actually had a coin. Okay, let me just ask you. Hey, Siri. 
Flip a coin. Hold on, audience. Tails. Oh, wait. We didn't pick heads or tails. <laughs> <laughs> you want heads or tails? Uh, tails never fails, man. Let's do it. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. It's heads this time. Look at Siri coming oh, wow. through for the boy. We did the first time you would have got it, but we totally just forgot on how to flip a coin there. So, <laughs> audience, Millard will be going first. I will mm-hmm. be drafting number one overall. And we're not, I mean, unless you want to. I feel like in two-person draft, you really don't have to do a snake draft. And unless you really want the turn and you want to draft back-to-back, maybe we could do a snake yeah. draft. But I feel like a normal fixed draft with two people just going back and forth is probably. I think that's better. Yeah, I think that's fine with two people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the easiest thing to do. So I am curious to see who you're going to draft number two. Number one, I don't know if it's controversial. We'll see. But my number one overall pick for most disappointing player in the first half he might not even be having the worst season of the guys we're going to be mentioning today. But considering two teams in the offseason tried to sign this man to like a $300 million contract, but knee issues were the reasons those physicals failed. He went back to Minnesota to only okay. have a pretty disappointing season, not even going to make the all-star team unless he makes it as a Twins representative. I'm talking about Carlos Correa. When you look at his numbers right now, my goodness, thankfully, I mean, we know the Mets are having a down season, but imagine if they gave all that money to Carlos Correa and they still have this season because Correa is batting oh, 213. Yeah. yeah, that narrative right there. Correa had that slash line with what the Mets are doing this year. Uh, yeah, it would be bad. Now, the Giants were still performing well with Correa, struggling. That would be a different story. But I think a, ne- a Mets team was struggling Correa would have been the funniest narrative possible. Unfortunately, we didn't get it. But I'm taking him number uno as the most disappointing player for the 2023 first half. It's a good pick. Uh, 92 WRC plus. Yeah. He's hit only hitting 200. He got hot for a little bit um, the last couple weeks. So maybe he's slowly turning it around, but I think that's a great first overall pick um, because also considering just like all the the chaos of him being like one of the top guys, right? Like mm-hmm. on the market. And again, like he, he heated up for like a week or two, but for the most part, it's been pretty constant. So it's making everyone wonder about the, the injury. Maybe everyone was right to have passed on him. I mean, the giants were giving him like $350 million or whatever, and they took it back. So I, I, I totally understand. Yeah, he could be the biggest what if from this past offseason. Because if we get a few more seasons where he looks like this, like it's only the first year of that new deal. It's only the yeah. first half. But if it's like a couple years of where he just doesn't look the same, the Mets and the Giants fan bases are going to be pretty happy that they dodged a bullet there. Javi, who's going number two overall in this draft? See, I'm going to take a better pick because okay. unlike you, I actually I, I, I plan to win. Uh, oh, I plan wow. to win the disappointment. <laughs> That's where we're at. You know what I mean? All right. Because while I do agree with all your reasons that Correa, especially given the like theater of it all of his yeah, signing, has been disappointing. But I also have to say, yeah, well, we kind of had those injury things, so you know, mm-hmm. part of me is like, should maybe we have seen this coming? Okay. I'm the Padres guy. I oh. got to do it. Oh. We love him so much here, but and he's got the swagger. Don't Ooh. listen to the idiots who say he doesn't hustle. Oh, my first pick is Manny Machado. Um, oh. Damn. And there's a couple reasons for this. Number one, last year he should have won the MVP, in my opinion. I've been on the record about this. I don't okay. care that your former boy, uh, Goldie, had a higher OPS plus. I don't care about his Woba. 
What I care about is heading into last season, Manny Machado knew I have to be the one because we didn't have Tatis and we had a weaker lineup and he came through. And I think that that means something. And it's a little, a little bit weird for you to win MVP when your teammate was the third runner up. That's just a little bit weird for me optically. I'm done with my soapbox. Uh, he follows up last year. And this year so far, he has been pretty bad. For one, he's also part of the runners and scoring position thing. 206 average with runners on. And he just signed a gigantic extension right before the season. And instead, right now, I mean, again, last year, 7.4 F4. He's got a one right now. Last year at a 152 WRC plus. Right now it's 94. Um, Swing at a bunch of things. And I don't think it's only luck based. I think there's been some other players that have been disappointing this year, um, particularly on the Mets that have been a little bit just off year. You know, you're, you're getting a little bit unlucky with Manny. It's just, especially after the extension, especially after such a great year last year, especially with all the Aves, hey, maybe extend Soto next, all that stuff. He's my number one pick. I, I just think that he, it cannot be emphasized enough. He's gotten a little bit of a pass amongst Padres fans, which understandable because he's so cool and he's been so great for the team overall. But I mean, first year after the extent, and this isn't even a new team, you know, you know, how yeah. some guys, Xander Bogarts, I imagine is going to get drafted in this. It's a new team. And we've seen this happen before. We saw it happen with Marcus Seaman and Corey Seager last year. Yeah. Right. Like they signed with new teams and now they're awesome this year. So Xander, I might, that might be why he falls a little bit in this disappointment draft. Machado, you're just extending. You've been here already and you're just not performing. Defense is still good, but he's just been, he's swinging at way too many pitches as well. Just not good stuff. So he's my first pick, man. Yeah. For all those reasons I outlined. Machado is high on my list. I think I had him like maybe number four. And you got to, you know, take into account expectations for his team, expectations for Machado. Yeah. The fact that he kind of was making a little noise this past offseason with that contract extension. Like, exactly. I mean, <sighs> look, after the first month of the season, there was only 30 players with a negative F4. One of those 30, and I know he's gotten a little bit better since, one of those 30 was Manny Machado. So yeah. not just bad, but pretty deplorable, pretty abominable uh, for most of the season. So that's things he's been heating up lately, hitting around 300, 350 on base percentage lately. He's been heating up, but even still, uh, he's got to be up there. He's got to be. And he's so good. I feel like he'll probably still have pretty good numbers by the end of the season. Yeah, At least he's like still 30. Half. That's another thing. Yeah, he's, he's 30. He's been quite, quietly yeah. young in his own way because he's been up since he was like, you know, 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's part of it. So <laughs> he's been in baseball for like a decade and a half. Yeah, he's just been 30. It's insane. When he was 19 is when he debuted in Major League Baseball. So that's what happens. But that was a cute pick, Javi. That was a cute pick. But <laughs> you're, talking about, you're talking about winning the draft. Here's the real. This guy, he's not the sexiest name. But if you're actually talking about disappointment, especially coming off the season he had last year where he didn't win the Cy Young, but I definitely thought he should have been deserved in the conversation. And now he's not even in Major League Baseball anymore. He just got yep. sent down to the minors and was crushed <laughs> by, like, the Florida Yankees. ball. Rookie, yeah, rookie ball, ball. <laughs> yeah, rookie ball lit him up for like 11 runs in like three innings. Like, I'm taking Alec Manoa, my second overall pick, third overall pick in this draft. Alec Manoa, I thought had a legitimate shot to win 
this Cy Young last year, of course he didn't, but I thought he should at least been in the conversation, been a finalist. Like he was an absolute stud. And so far, I mean, he's already missed like what a couple turns in the rotation, still leads the American League in walks allowed, went down to 636 ERA. And his walks have been an issue. He's not striking out people as much. He's given up a ton of hits. Like he has almost a two whip on the season. I don't know what happened to Manoa. I feel like he's been body snatched out of Major League Baseball, but this is someone that I thought was. One of the rising stars among pitchers. I thought he was going to be a huge catalyst to that Toronto Blue Jays team. They added a Chris Bassett with the Gosman from last season. And you got Barrios, who's had a bounce back. If Manoa was good this year, you would have had like four number one starters. Four number one and number two starters in that Blue Jays rotation. And Manoa had just been such a big disappointment. I've drafted him on a bunch of fancy teams, and he just not come through for me this season. He's been dropped by all those fancy teams as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, we're not kidding. Rookie ball start, gave up 11 runs. I will be a little bit. I can't get too into details. I have heard there's some off-field, you know, he's just oh. struggling with some things. So it might oh, just be mental. Horses? One, mentally just like being <laughs> a little bit. Uh, one, just mentally, just in terms of his confidence. But also some off, off-field, like personal stuff might be contributing to it. But even still, like forget that, like, it's still in, like insane. We haven't seen something like this. I talked with our boy, Paul Francis Sullivan, but I remember to call him Sully on uh, my <laughs> podcast yesterday. Yeah. And he talked about like, there's, is there a precedent for this? Some people might bring up Brandon Webb from back in the day, but that guy's arm blew out. Tim yeah, Lincecum, injury related. There's injury, Johan Santana of the New York Mets, injury related. Or, or maybe some people might say like some other guys who overperformed, but they were overperforming like drastically, right? Even still, if you ask and look up your pitcher list article, some people said, oh, Manoa might regress this year. Mm-hmm. No one said he was going to go from walking two batters per nine innings to six and and be getting crushed in, in rookie ball. So I think it's a great pick. I, I really do. Because even though some naysayers might say he was going to calm down a little bit this year, not to this point. Not to yeah. the point where your skyrockets to 6.6, right? And it's not luck-based. It is just really rough. Uh, for a very good team in the Blue Jays, too. So, yeah, it's a great pick, man. Yeah. And the guys you just mentioned, you could have, like you said, blamed injury or all of them were like turning 30. Like they were all they've been in baseball for like more than a half decade. Like all those guys at least had a little bit mileage on their arm. Manoa's in his third season in 2021 as a rookie. He had 20 starts, a 3-2-2 ERA. Then in 2022, mm-hmm. a full year starter almost 200 innings pitch, an all-star, finished third in Cy Young voting, and then this season you think he's going to take another step forward, maybe even think he regresses to the mean a little bit, but you don't think he's going to be out of Major League Baseball after the first two years he had. So very disappointment, great pick by me. Javi, can you respond, though, with number four? (laughs) Of course I can respond. (laughs) Uh, But I have to admit, there's a couple different directions I can go here. Um, But for me, I'm going to be a little bit of a hater and say age. Jay Preller was right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. When he made this trade all those years ago, he knew we're going to get C.J. Abrams anyway. Our farm is going to replenish. So why do you need this guy? Bring in Will Myers, the, the ultimate good vibe player for the Padres, as Padres fans know, even if not always the best. I pick a Trey Turner. Okay, um, I was confused for a second. I was like, where is this going? <laughs> like, A.J. Preller was right to trade this man away. <laughs> I'm of course kidding, but I'm not kidding about Trey Turner. He's yeah. been not good. I made this joke a lot. He's literally just Isaiah Kiner Falefa of the <sighs> Yankees. Um I'm not like even making that up. Their slash lines are similar. 
sign a big, big contract. And if you want to bring in some extra stuff, some other kind of uh, things is on top of the contract, on top of the fact that he's been a really good player for a while, shout out to some former people who might be listening to us who debated me on him versus Tatis a while ago. Um, he was a hero in the World Baseball Classic. You know what I mean? All the Philly fans are like, wow, we get this guy for like 10 years. And he comes in and is just massively disappointing. It's not entirely luck-based. You know what I mean? The BABIP, I'm pretty sure, is pretty high. He's not yeah. hitting for the same level of power. He's basically only had, from what I've seen, like one game this year where he hit like two home runs in a game. And I think he was part of that comeback against the Mets from over the weekend. But other than that, I mean, truly, like, y- y- just this bad. And granted, it's his first year. Things can still get a little bit better. Uh, for sure, but it's just massive disappointment, and it was supposed to be kind of a move that put Philly, you know, not I'm not going to say over the top, but help them get back to where they were last year, which is the the World Series, and he's not been that. 86 WRC plus, man. Slugging 387. It, it's just, wow. That's it, wow. Yeah, and it's so weird, because this is like one of the most consistent offensive players we have in Major League Baseball. This is a guy with 297 career average and like the last couple of years he's also turned into like this power home run hitter that could also steal bases so it's like mm-hmm. the fact that he can't hit anymore has just been so weird and it's the like you said it's a new player in a, on a new team the first season so i do think he'll be okay moving forward like i did predict a huge marcus Seaman, Corey seager bounce back this year that mm-hmm. looks like it's come to fruition lindor's oh, second yeah. season with the mets is yeah right lindor's second season with the mets has been a lot better um third season a little shaky but yeah i think a lot of times we see that first season new place new team it could be a big struggle especially for like infielders it feels like it like these up the middle guys i don't know maybe got build team chemistry or other partners on the infield defensively so maybe there's just a lot to think about when you go to a new team but trey turner number four can't be mad at all with that pick and i mean He's 30. He's going to get paid until he's like 40 by the Philadelphia Phillies. So I know Phillies fans are probably feeling a little nervous, but like we just talked about new uh, players in new places. Like look at Nick Castellanos this season. Last year, yeah. he looked like a terrible, terrible. This year, he's putting up all-star numbers once again. So let's hold out hope that Trey Turner could get back into it. But now it's time for me to make a selection at number five. And man, I thought this guy wasn't going to be on the board any longer, but he's still there. Javi just keeping them on a silver platter for me i mean honestly there's a few bunch of there's a whole bunch of guys you could take but i'm going with with my third overall pick i can't believe he's still on the board but i'm going with an actual reigning cy young award winner you might be thinking it's one guy Mm -hmm. i know you're shaking your head like yeah yeah no it's the other cy young award winner from the national league because this is someone that's on a good team that's a team that's I think like 10 games above 500 at the time. Oh, yeah. I know who you mean. Okay. I was right. Uh (laughs) Okay. You're right. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) If he was performing well, I think we'd be looking at them as a true World Series contender with how the rest of that rotation has performed. Mm -hmm. Guys like Luis Arise have come in and batted 400 for nearly half a season. But he's awesome. (laughs) he's, He's awesome. But the ceiling of the team just doesn't feel as strong with Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara. Alcantara, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that last mm. name, but Sandy, I drafted him in fantasy as well. He's been a huge disappointment after literally running away with the Cy Young Award last year. Like it was not close between him and yeah. the rest of the field. Like by the All Star break, we were like, if Sandy Alcantara, if he just stays healthy in the second half, he's going to win the Cy Young, and that's what happened. And then you come into this season, 
the Marlins offense has been a little bit better. Guys like Braxton Garrett, Jesus Luzardo, you even got the Yuri Perez's. Like, you're getting great contributions from the youngsters in your rotation. You just need that 1A leader, that superstar at the top that could guide you through the postseason. Sandy has not been that guy this year, and I'm getting him at number three overall for my team. Oh, my God, a steal. (laughs) Here's why. He okay. isn't there for me, but it's close. I, okay. I was debating between him and another pitcher who I'm about to take in a second. Okay, that's fair. With Alcantara, in fairness, it's been bad, bad. Like five ERA on the yeah. on the season right now. I'm pretty sure he is finally doing well. Like tonight, I think when I was looking at against the Red Sox, he's having a good start. Um, I will say he's this type of pitcher that it's just not. I wasn't going to be that surprised if he regressed because a lot of what made him really great is volume. It's not like he's an elite strikeout guy. He was a great control guy. He's still an excellent pitcher, top five still. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like a a, a little bit of a fallback. Granted, it's been a giant one, which I, I still, still think why he's a worthy pick here, but just because it's so volume-based for him that he was doing so many complete games. And I'm not yeah. totally surprised that maybe the next year he'd fall off a little bit, maybe some fatigue setting in or anything like that. But even still, I mean, five year is pretty nuts for a follow-up season from Cy Young winner. Yeah, I mean... Six complete games last year on a shutout for Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara. I still don't know mm-hmm. how to pronounce that last name. But, yeah, I think if he was good this year, we'd be talking about the Marlins in a different light. And I think he's a big reason why we don't tr- truly see them as a World Series contender and just more of a frisky playoff team once we get there. But, Javi, who's the pitcher you think you're going to draft right now? I'm going to take Corbin Burns of the oh. Milwaukee Brewers. A um, little bit of a weird pick. Might surprise you. Um, he bit. hasn't been dreadful. Um, he hasn't been dreadful. He hasn't been as bad as Sandy has been, but he's also someone who won a Cy Young not too long ago. And he's like a super strikeout guy. And it's not as predicated on volume for him, which is why I think it's a little bit more disappointing for him. The strikeout rate, you know, 22% this year. It's just not as great. He's not getting as many chases. He just hasn't been as dominant. Um, his strikeout rate, like I said, is down. Um, just, I mean, there's not much to say to it on that front down from I'm going to try and pull up real quick if I can pull up a strikeout rate uh, because Fangraphs refuses to load for me right now. I don't know if that ever happens to you, but um, yeah, he's just been just not as good. And for a team that's also in first place, they really could use something out of him. But my biggest other reason is it's really disappointing following the Brewers who I've been mocking for like two years now because they do not get nearly enough crap for being essentially the A's slash the Cleveland's or whatever of the national league. After all that stuff with the contract, like I really wanted him to go out and shove and make these people look stupid for not paying him or at the very minimum, not just giving him an extra $500,000. And they went to arbitration over that. And instead he's been pretty poor. So that's, that really disappoints me considering how good he's been these past couple of years. Won a Cy Young already. Corbin Burns is my pick. It genuinely surprised me. I thought he was going to be a lot better. Yeah, and I wonder if it just like he needs a chain of scenery. I don't know how happy sure. he is in Milwaukee with the fact that he's been talking. Yeah. Like, you know what? I wouldn't be too upset if I got traded in the season. He doesn't yeah, want to I mean, talk. Contract. After what they did, yeah, I would want to get out of there too. Yeah, and it seems like the Brewers with 
the moves that they made last year with the Josh Hader. It feels like the Brewers are like fine staying in purgatory and would rather unload these players as we get closer to the deadline. So uh, I, I'm curious to see what kind of – it's like kind of a, a fork in the road moment for this franchise as to whether they kind of want to keep retooling around the current core that they have or if they think it's time to start selling off some of these pieces and really start a full rebuild down in Milwaukee. So I'm not too sure what they're going to do. Corbin Burns probably a little – too high for me when I look at some of the names because I think we're about to start a run on pitchers in this draft, Javi. But that was already number six on this list. So let's save the rest of the draft after these short messages. And we're back here on the Locked On Diamondbacks crossover, Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. And don't forget, you can catch every D-backs pitch and Padres pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and either search up Diamondbacks or Padres. Now, so far, we got Correa, number one by me, Machado, number two to Javi, Manoa, number three to me, Trey Turner, number four to Javi, Sandy, Alcantara, number five to me, then Corbin Burns, number six, back to Javi, number seven, Millard back on the clock, and who is he going to select? Still a bunch of good names here. I think... I think I'm going to take the second San Diego Padre off the board, and I'm going to Go into the pitching staff on this one because this Ooh, is another guy okay. who got a little bit of a contract extension from this mm -hmm. past season. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I'm not watching this guy every fifth day, but when I just look at that slash line that he has right now, 484 ERA at the time of us recording this, got <laughs> as we said earlier in the podcast, got scratched from his start today due to an illness. What could it mean? Could he be a part of the locker room problem down there in San Diego? That's probably too far <laughs> for him, but I'm taking you, Darvish, who, listen, I love you, Darvish. He's been a stud, but is it surprising to see him struggle a little bit at age 36, a guy who has a lot of wear and tear, guy who's been a workhorse throughout the majority of his career? Probably not. I think I would be fine with the slash line he's putting up, and I would be able to accept the regression if the Padres didn't just give him a boatload of money before this current season. So because of that, if there's no contract extension, maybe he doesn't make the draft. Maybe he's an honorable mention. But because he got some new money, and this is the first year of the deal, this is how he's looking, Darvish, you're going number seven overall to the Lockdown Dimeback squad. Totally fair. <laughs> totally, totally fair. fair. <laughs> um, it's tough. Having multiple Padres being drafted. Um, the only reason I didn't take him is because, in fairness, he is old. And he when old. a player is older, not quite as as shocking, I think, for a lot of people. He's old. And it used to it looked like for a little bit that his stats were just a little bit inflated by a couple tough starts. That Mexico City series that was famous, like maybe that was it. But no, I mean he's really struggled and him being out with an illness uh, for at the time of when we're recording this uh, Tuesday start. Maybe that's a sign that there might be some injury things. Two years ago in 2021, he did have lingering injury uh, issues, and that's why his second half was pretty poor. And then last year, he was fully healthy and was great. So it could be an injury-related thing, but regardless, especially when you bring up the extension, uh, just massively disappointment uh, for the Padres. It's it's not even their biggest problem, which is crazy, because <laughs> like, Snell is making up for it, Musgrove, Waka, Lugo, but... That, that's why the age and then the fact that it hasn't hurt the team as much as some other things is why I didn't take him. But still, yeah, uh, it's OK to be wrong, Miller. It's OK. Oh, well, if Darvish was having a great year, maybe we wouldn't talk about the Padres offense, right? Maybe it would be like, oh, they're pitching their way through all these offensive struggles. Maybe they would be in the playoff picture. But because your number one guy sucks, maybe this is why you were at. Okay? So who do you have up next? Who's the great number eight pick that you got for us, Hoppy? It's a little bit of a you're a baseball fan if you know this stuff a little oh, bit. Okay. But I, I do think that this is worth pointing out. 
This is not for the arguably Cavs. arguably the worst team in baseball, not the Oakland A's, but oh. the Kansas City Royals. Oh, again, I know this is a little bit of a weird one, but I'm going with Bobby Witt Jr. <laughs> getting a little spicy. I know, oh. getting a little spicy. Rookie season, uh, classic like rookie rookie wall. You know what I mean? Like it comes in there and then he's he's okay. You know, 99 WRC plus, but makes a lot of mistakes on defense. He does get the counting stats, 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases. So shout out to the fantasy baseball players everywhere. Same thing this year, 12 home runs, 23 stolen bases, but hasn't improved his walk rate enough. Not making enough contact. His weighted on base isn't good. 92 WRC plus. The defense has gotten a little bit better, but I just think that for the top overall prospect, Mm -hmm. basically heading into last season, for you to not have shown any signs of improvement is disappointing, especially considering there's not else to, all that much else to be excited about for the Royals. You knew you weren't going to be contending. All you had to look forward to was, all right, let's see how much better Bobby Witt can be. So that's my pick there. A little bit of a reach, I know, but I wanted to have him anyway because I really, I, I think there was a lot of hype for him and for a team that this was like the basic thing that they were hoping for. If you ask every Royals fan, they're like, yeah, I'm hoping Bobby Witt takes a leap. And he still might, still extraordinarily young. I'm not saying he's a bust. I think that's patently absurd when people say I'm still 23 years old, but that's just me. What do you think, sir? You know, definitely a little bit of a reach. I'm not totally upset about it. We did take a look. We did deliberate um, at the Lockdown Diamondbacks team squad of who are drafting <laughs> on our team. We did deliberate Bobby Witt. But like you said, I mean, the only reason I didn't draft him is because of those counting stats, because the slash line is bad. Most of what he does is pretty average, but he still might have 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases at the end of the season. So I'm like, he's at least productive. He still might not be the greatest player. Mm-hmm. He's still probably not the guy that we expected when he was called up. But he's, he's at least pr- productive in some areas, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's a negative out there on the field. It's the same reason why I don't want to spoil any picks, but I'm not going to be drafting Julio Rodriguez. Um, with my mm-hmm. last pick, just because even though he's having a disappointing season, he still is going to have like a 30-40 type of season, 30 home runs, 40 stolen bases potentially. So that's why I'm like, he's still not as good as maybe what we thought. Counting stats, yeah. But counting stats, you're still productive in some areas. So that's why I'm hey, like, you're not a total disappointment. Still good defense from Julio. He's still got oh. a 2.3 F4. Like he's still been good there. Been heating up a little bit lately. Like, And also another thing with Julio is he was really bad in the second half last year. So maybe it was should have been expected that, all right, he was playing a little bit above his head. He's still got a lot to learn, but yeah. Uh, I was tempted about Julio, but for me, it's Bobby Witt. Now, for my last pick, I go could either it. go with my heart or I could go in my head. It's always more fun to go with your heart and just put logic to the side. So with my ninth overall, with the ninth overall pick in this draft and my final pick of the draft, I'm taking former D-backs fan favorite, Dalton Varsho traded over to the Blue Jays. We got two Blue Jays on the list. He's got fleeced them. (laughs) Yeah, we fleeced them, guys. He still got some counting stats. He still plays great defense, but always the first half struggles with Dalton Varsho. He's batting like 220. He's got that below 700 OPS. He's going to get some bombs. He's going to get some steals, but he just hasn't progressed to the level that we expected. He's still one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball. What when you consider the D-backs got Lords Guriel, who might be going to an all-star game this year, and Gabriel Moreno, who looks locked in as the D-backs catcher of the future. Yeah, big time fleece by the D-backs. That trade might have turned this whole season around. It might be the biggest reason why the D-backs are currently in the playoff picture. So Dalton Varsho, you are not escaping this draft. You get to come back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast and join our team. It's a solid pick. 
You like, got to get some homerism in there. I was yeah, wondering when it was going to happen because you don't have anyone on your team that's been disappointing, <laughs> really. So I was like, all right, how is he going to find his way here? He can't go Madison Bumgarner because he's nah. always been bad. All right, he can't do this. He can't. Do, he can't. So I was JD Martinez. You might have been able to go if he was bad with the Dodgers, right? But uh, I, I love the pick. I appreciate Marshall. the homerism. Yeah, that's a good. I'm going to get wild for my last one. Oh, okay. I'm okay. going to mix it up. I'm going to do something ridiculous. I'm going to do something that is so stupid that it will be talked about on our crossovers for years to come. You're not trying to win this anymore. <laughs> You're <conceding laughs> I'm taking talk. Brian Reynolds from oh, the last pick. Oh, you God. know why? Because I'm disappointed that he wasn't bad. And you know why? <laughs> because this man, and I've written about this for Just Baseball. Everyone can go look it up. This man was in trade rumors for like four years, as long as I've known you. And I was good. I was gonna cry of laughter if he gets that extension. It comes in as even that good. The same thing as last year. So this is disappointing for me <laughs> okay. that he wasn't bad. I am disappointed personally because it would have been so funny following all the rumors and people. They they said they wanted a Soto package for this man. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And he's a good player. 24th and F4 among outfielders, not the craziest in the world. He's a solid player, hits for power on a pirate squad. That's, you know, get a, a young team that's getting a little bit better. But I would I just think it would have been so funny if he was bad after all of this chat, because I have like a personal vendetta against this man. And so I'm hurt. I wanted Brian Reynolds to not be that great because I think it would have been funny. That makes me a poor sport. I 100% agree. <laughs> you shouldn't root for players to be mm. bad, but I don't care. I'm going rogue. Uh, this is what happens when I watch the Potters too long. Your brain begins to atrophy. And this is how you think about things. So there we are. Man, hopefully uh, Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates put on earmuffs <laughs> for that. I'm sorry, Ethan, that Brian Reynolds had to be taken in this draft, but Javi, thank you for conceding the last pick and basically declaring me the winner on this draft. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not even close. If I have to do a real, a quick recap for the listeners, this is who's on Millard's team as the most disappointing player for the first half. Carlos Correa, who was signed to $800 million this past offseason, if you count up all the contracts he signed. Alec Manoa, who was a finalist for Cy Young last year, quite literally getting crushed in rookie ball. Um, then I took the reigning Cy Young Award winner, who's not even the best starter in his rotation anymore, took you Darvish, and then I wrapped it up with Dalton Varsho, who was acquired for two All-Stars, basically. So, yeah. And then on Javi's team, he's got Manny Machado, superstar, Trey Turner, superstar, Corbin Burns, superstar, Bobby Wood Jr., young superstar, and the Brian Reynolds, who's actually having an All-Star season. So, I I'm not even sure if you <laughs> <laughs> If we did like a graphic on Twitter, it would be so confusing for people to be like, wait, oh, it's disappointing for him, but for nobody else. Brian this personal disappointment. And let me just run oh, through man. some quick uh, honorable mentions. I don't know if you have any hobby, mm -hmm. but I got for, okay, good. For my last one, when I was debating that number nine between Dalton Barshall, the other guy I was debating was Pablo Lopez because he's got like a mid fourth mm -hmm. year, right? And we consider the guy that you gave up for Pablo Lopez is <laughs> batting 400 through the first half of the season. Yeah. I feel like that counts. I had Justin Verlander in down, but he's been kind of hurt. So I don't feel like that's spiritually correct. Same with J Jacob DeGrom. Like, I don't want to put those guys on. Jose Abreu was pretty close to yeah. getting drafted. because That was mine, yeah. That mm -hmm. was yours? Okay. And then I also had, like, 
sorry that's if i stole your thunder there javi <laughs> Maybe no no it's fine <laughs> it was it was what i was considering for my last pick okay. was jose abreu but i wanted to be fun and stupid yeah i mean <laughs> jose abreu might have won you the draft but yeah brian reynolds definitely lost it for you then i also had like tim anderson down <laughs> nestor cortez yeah. Yeah. i had your puerto rican poppy francisco lindor down and also and, uh, not disappointing enough He's been good. I would I would have defended him if he did good? that. I don't know about that. And he's, about Byron, he's getting better. How about Byron Buxton? I had him down too. Just because he's finally bad. healthy and he's like <laughs> not having Buxton the whole season. It's like the only time he's healthy, it's like, why are you not looking like the superstar we always see when you're on the injured list? It's insane. That might be a personal disappointment one. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get it. Francisco Lindor, my thing is the defense is still excellent. He actually made a crazy play while we were recording this uh, in the Mets game against the Brewers, like a Jeter-esque kind of turnaround throw. His WRC Plus is positive. Babip is super low at 240, which suggests that he's been getting unlucky because he's a good base runner. That's why I was going to pick him. So, yeah, I came prepared if you picked my boy. Trust me, I was ready. Um, Jose Abreu, great pick because he's just been terrible, and everyone was like, oh, my God, rich get richer with him. Yeah. Um, you know which one that I didn't even put him down. I only realized it now. My last honorable mentions that I wrote down before this, Aaron Nola of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, that's a good one. Free agent, all that. Thing. The only reason I didn't pick him is because while he has been bad, this is kind of his thing. He's the Eric Hosmer of pitchers. Okay. And what I mean by that is if you look at his years, his ERA by year, it's bad, good, bad, good every single year Ooh, uh, for Aaron Nola. So part of me is like, maybe we should have just seen this coming. Right. He's got a 4.3 ERA as we speak. But like if you go to 2017, 3.54, year after that, 2.3, 3.87, 3.28, 4.63, 3.25, 4 So just really inconsistent. Um, Chris Bryant was an honorable mention for me, um, but Ooh. old and it's Rockies. So it's hard for me to think anything on that team is a disappointment. Um, Vlad Jr., if I was feeling like a jerk. Um, I was going to pick him <laughs> and just be like, oh, I thought he was the MVP guy. Uh, Vlad Judy, he was the fifth overall pick in fantasy. That was one. Um, Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill, uh, if I was feeling like a, more like a jerk, because reportedly they didn't want to give up those guys for Soto. And it's like, whoa, if they're, I'm disappointed. If you couldn't give up Dylan Carlson for Soto. I mean, we're, we're, you know, he must be amazing. The last one we didn't even, I even have on my list. I'm going to be honest. Dylan Cease. Of the Ooh, Chicago yeah. White Sox. Totally, very quietly. I think everyone is just like, yeah, no crap. Like, everybody on the White Sox is bad. But he was like a Cy Young contender. It was like one of the best strikeout pitchers in the league last year. So for him to be where he's at right now is like pretty surprising in, in a lot of ways. And I, I imagine some nerd out there will be like, oh, I saw this coming. But I mean, he was a good player. So yes, White Sox, totally expected. But not from Dylan Cease uh, whatsoever, for sure. And if you want to, because he's batting 250 on the season, you could have put Mike Trout on the on the list too. I don't know if you. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a menace. I was Nobody like, listen to him. This is just a bit. I do it no one like even saw. Years. I covered my mouth. I'm mean, Mike Trout. You know, I just did it real quick. No one even. <laughs> no one even saw that. Just that's just giggles, guys. You guys know I like to do that for uh, ooh, for just giggles, just for the giggles. He's your Brian Reynolds. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, I'm personal disappointments in the fans for batting a man with 250 average. <laughs> but that, that's neither here or there. That's just a joke. We want to see the Angels in the postseason with Otani and Mike Trout. That's what we all want to see at the end of the day. Javi, we've been recording for nearly an hour at this point. Where can the listeners find you online? They can find me online at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or 
at LO underscore Padres if you want only the Padres tweets, because sometimes I talk about some other stuff on my main account. Um, and then Lockdown Padres on YouTube to see my hat and to see us both lose it when I took Brian Reynolds in the draft. So uh, go check that out for sure. Yeah, and for the Padres listeners, at CreatorsToms24 for my personal account on Twitter or look up Locked on Dimebacks, Twitter, Instagram. Search up the podcast on all your streaming platforms and look up Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube as well. Please, talking about the state of the NL West and drafting the most disappointing players in the first half of the MLB season for Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. Until next week, sir. Doses.